Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in the first week of our new series called The Hangover, uh, Getting Past Our Past. And so many times, this is something that we deal with. I mean, we just think that, man, there's just no way. It's just like the song we just sang, I've made a mess of me. And so many times in life, we've made a mess of our lives. We've just done stuff. We've been a part of things that have just messed us up. And, and one of the things that I've seen, at least in my life and, and being with my family, is that we have the propensity to make things a lot bigger deal than they really are. My stepmom is, is an amazing woman, but she loves this thing on the internet called WebMD. Anybody a WebMD fan out there? Anybody like to go on WebMD and just check out symptoms and just different things, like to see what's happening in life? Well, my stepmom, she loves this, and uh, she loves going on there and checking out symptoms and seeing if she can figure out what she has that week. And so... I, I'm always, my dad is always calling me and he's like, oh, this week you're, you know, Nancy has this or Nancy has that. And I remember one week he called me up and he's like, man, she's, he started telling me all the symptoms that my stepmom had. And so I was like, just for fun, I'm going to go onto WebMD and check it out. And so I get on WebMD and I start putting in all of those things that, all the symptoms that she has. And, and it, when I, after I put on all those symptoms and I hit enter, it comes up as testicular cancer. And, uh, and I'm like, how in the world does my stepmom have testicular cancer? I didn't even know she had testiculars. But, you know, um, it's just one of those things. I mean, it's just she goes in there, and, and I, don't, I don't really know if she had testicular cancer. But, uh, you know, it's like she goes in there, and she starts putting all this stuff in there. And before long, she's reading this stuff, and she says, oh, that's me. And she starts to believe that it's really true. And before long, she has all of those symptoms. In fact, the latest one just two weeks ago, I, she, I, my stepdad told me that she has fibromyalgia now, and that's like a big deal. And, and I started going through there, and she starts telling herself this. And before long, she has all of the symptoms that she's been reading about. And there's a, there's a key point is we're going to dive into the series, and, and we're going to go throughout it because I believe it's something that's really, really important. And it's kind of the key thought, and I want you guys to, to put it down in your notes, fill in the blanks, whatever, and it's this. A lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. A lie believed as truth will affect you as if it were true. And that's what happens with her. So many times she goes in there and she starts seeing these things and she starts believing this lie. It isn't even where she is in life. She starts believing it. And before long, she has all of those symptoms. All those symptoms are coming to fruition in her life. They're all making their way out because she's bought into a lie. And that lie affects her life. And it, and it happens all the time in our lives. We go through and we get buy into lies that are not true and we end up acting as if they are true. I remember as a kid, my parents uh, separated when I was six years old. And, and as a kid, that's, that's an extremely tragic thing if, if you're part of in a divorce home or maybe you're, you're, you've gone through a divorce and you have kids. I remember going through that process and, and I was having a lot of anger issues because of, of what was happening. And the reason I was having so many anger issues is because I truly believed that the reason my parents got a divorce was because of how bad I was. See, I'd already gotten kicked out of an elementary school. I'd already gotten kicked out of car kindergarten in public schools because of I like to fight. I like to beat people up. It was just a popular thing to do as a kid, uh, beat other kids up. And so I'd gone through all these struggles. And I thought the reason my parents were getting a divorce was because they could not handle me. They didn't know what to do with me. And so instead of trying to deal with me, one was just going to run away. And throughout the next couple of years of my life, man, I struggled so bad because I thought it was all my fault. 
And what happened is I ended up developing this rage that was uncontrollable where I would just punch holes in walls. I would pick fights every single day. In fact, it got to the point where my school gave me my own classroom because I was so angry and I was so upset and I didn't know how to deal with this lie that I was believing as truth. See, the reality was is my parents did not get a divorce because I was bad. They got a divorce because my dad cheated on my mom. But I didn't know that. And so I bought into a lie that ended up affecting my life for the next couple of years. And it had me hung over and it had me stuck in a spot where I didn't know how to get out of it. And in this series, man, we're going to dive in and we're going to study some of the lies that I believe the enemy is throwing our way, that he's throwing at us, that's getting us to believe as truth when it's not really true. And it's affecting us in a major, major way. And in, in the Bible, in, in John eight forty four, it says this about the devil. And this is Jesus saying, he said, when the devil lies, he is speaking his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. And see, the, the main thing, the, one of the main things that our spiritual enemy wants to attack us with, wants us to buy into, is, is to buy into and believe that we have got to buy into this lie, and then once we've bought into it, that we've got to be the person that's strong. Because we think, man, I've got I've to hold on to this. Man, I've got I've to be the strong person in this scenario, and it's, it's got to be me. It's up to me, and, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to pull myself up on my bootstraps, and I'm going to make my way through life because I'm the only one who can get through this. I'm the only one. Man, I've got to buck up and be the man, or I've got to buck up and be the woman. And we think that we've got to take that all on ourselves and go out there and live this life. And, man, and we think, man, I've got to perform, and I've got to produce, and I've got I've to be all these things because we've bought into this lie that we believe that we have to be strong. That, man, we've got we've to be able to handle this all. And Jesus, though, gives us the answer to the lies. And it says in John 8, 32, it says they will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. And today, what I want to talk about is some strong beliefs. I want to really dive into some categories that I believe that, that a lot of us fall into the trap of thinking, man, I've got to be strong in this area. I've got to, I've got to stand up, and I've got, to, I've got to run, and I've got to be the one that's there for my family. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a couple of different areas. And what I'd like for you guys to do is, is maybe raise your hands if you fall into that category or, or check the box on your, your outline if you fall into that category. And I just want to go through a couple of these because I believe, man, a lot of us really struggle with some things. A lot of us struggle with some lies that we've bought into that we think, man, I've got to be strong in this area. I've got to be the person that everybody looks to here. And as Christ followers, I pray that today, man, we can talk openly about this, that we can, we can recognize some of those areas because when we start to recognize those things, when we start to confess those things, that's when we find freedom in life. That's where we truly experience all that God wants to have done in us. And so one of the areas that we have a tendency to think that, man, I've got to be strong is we think we have to be emotionally strong. How many of you guys know somebody you love that maybe is, is going through something and they're emotionally weak and you just feel like, man, I've got to be strong for them. Man, I've just got to, I've got to be that rock. I've got to be that solid foundation, man. And I just have to be there for them. And, and how many of you guys know somebody like that, man, you've got to be their emotional strength. You feel that way. I know for me as that, as that child, a lot of times children feel like, man, I've got to be that emotional strength for my parents. I see that they're struggling. And then parents are on the same side. They think, man, I've got to stay together. I've got to make this work. I've got to be strong because I have kids and I don't want them to go through those things. And we think, man, I've got to be emotionally strong there. And man, we think that, man, even though this marriage is really messed up, man, it's so important that, I, man, I stay here and I just make this work and I'm going to do whatever it takes because it's not so the marriage can work out, but it's for my kids and so that they don't see that. And maybe some, some of you guys, maybe deep down emotionally, we're afraid and we feel vulnerable and we're like, there's just no way I could, I could admit that I'm not strong there. How many of you guys go through that where you feel like, man, I've got to be the emotionally strong person. I've got to be that person 
in relationships. Yeah, quite a few of you. It's okay. You can raise your hand in church. Nobody's going to point you out or anything. It's not like we're going to take uh, a, a cue or anything of that. Another category that I think that I would, I would say that a lot of people probably struggle with is this idea of being provisionally strong. And maybe you can relate to this, you know, where, it's, where somebody's got to run the household. Somebody, somebody's got to take care of everything. I mean, somebody's got to buy the groceries. Somebody's got to cook the food. Somebody's got to clean the house. Somebody's, somebody's got to mow the yard. Somebody's got to do something to keep all of this stuff, all of this chaos around going and going and going. And we've got to, somebody's got to keep juggling all the balls. And, and, and man, we feel like that. And some of us, the provisional aspect is, man, I've got to be strong financially. Man, I don't know how we're going to make it, man. It seems like there's more month than there is money. And, and man, I've got to balance the checkbook and I've got to, I've got to pay all the bills and I've got to do all this. Man, and I just have to be provisionally strong and I don't know how I'm going to make all of this work. And, and so, you know, it's difficult. And some of you guys have like 30 kids, it seems like. I mean, y'all have a lot of kids and, and go in the grocery store. When you buy a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and jelly, that's gone for like one meal. And you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make this work because I got all these kids and they're just little. Wait till they become teenagers. How am I going to pay for college? You know, how am I going to take care of the, the food bill as a teenager because they eat like horses? I, you know, I just feel like I got to be provisionally strong. How many of you guys, you know, you can relate to that. You think most of the guys feel that way. That's, that's a big guy thing a lot of the times. Another category would be this one that I would call spiritually strong. Spiritually strong. Maybe there's some of you guys that are out there that, man, there's, there's very few Christ followers in your family, and you think, man, man, I, I carry the weight of the spirituality of our family. And I think, man, I've got to pray the right things, and I've got to act the right way, and I've got to make sure that I'm doing all those things so they, they don't see something different, and I just, I just have to do that. Or maybe you're at work, and you're the only Christ follower at your work, and everybody's looking at you all the time, and they're like, I hope that person doesn't mess up. And you feel the weight of that because you know they're just waiting to see if this Christianity thing that you're living out is really the real deal. And then when I say, oh man, is this, is this just something that's just like something that they fall into that's it's a crutch for a little bit? Or is this the real thing in your life? And you feel that weight. Or possibly maybe you're a small group leader that's out there and, and you're out there and you're thinking, God, I hope that they do not ask me the question that I do not know. Because I, I feel like I have to know every single answer of every single person that's in my group. And there's no way that I could be like, I don't really know the answer to that. And so you feel this spiritual pressure. How many of you guys have, have felt some of that? spiritual pressure in, in your life. You know, having to be and do all of those things. Be spiritually strong. Another category is, uh, is professionally strong. Some of you guys have some jobs and, and you hate it. And uh, you work with psycho people. You know, you know who they are. That person that is just crazy, crazy. And you're like, man, I just got to endure this thing. I've just got to make this thing work. I don't, I don't like going to work here. I don't like my boss. My boss doesn't like me. And, man, I've just, got to, I've just got to show up, and I've got to get work done. If not, man, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to get this thing all to work. And you feel like, man, if I don't get it done around here, nobody's going to get it done. I mean, I kind of run this ship. I mean, everybody is relying on me. And so all the pressure day in and day out falls on my shoulder. So if I make one bad decision, man, oh, it's all over. It's all over. You know, if I make one bad financial decision for this company, man, we could go under. And all of a sudden, you're feeling all of this pressure. And honestly, I understand this. I mean, I've, I feel this pressure all the time. I'm, I'm thinking about, man, what if I mess up and, and all of a sudden the church tanks? Or what if I make a bad financial decision and all those things happen? And all that weight is there continuously. And I know exactly what that's like. How many of you guys feel that? That, man, I've got to be professionally strong. I've got to make all of this work. Man, you've got to be strong. The bad news is for you guys, those of you that raised your hand or checked down three or more, there's really no hope for you. So you guys could just go ahead and leave. Um, 
Yeah, no, not really. I, I think God has, has a lot for you. But in all seriousness, I mean, the enemy, Satan wants us to buy, buy into this lie that, man, I have got to be strong, that I've got to have this all going on. And Jesus, he wants to reveal the truth so that truth can bring freedom to our lives. And I know as a guy, it's, it's hard for me to, to embrace maybe being emotionally strong or whatever because I'm not really an emotional guy. I mean, I'm more of like, guys, can I, can I get an amen on this, guys? We want to be physically strong. That's how we want to show our strength, isn't it? I mean, for my wife, I want to show her that I'm physically strong, that I've got it all going on. In fact, I remember one time we were going to the gym, and it was one of the few times my wife came to the gym with me, and I was like, man, I'm going to show her what's up. I'm going to go get on that bench press, and, man, I'm going I'm to put some weight up, and she's going to see me, and she's going to see how strong I am and how ripped I am, and we're going to want to go home and practice making kids. It's going to be awesome. And, uh, and so she's kind of off doing her own thing, and I go over there, and I get on the bench. I'll put some weight on there, put the little clamps on there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 10 because that's a biblical number, right? Ten commandments, you know, there's tens, you know, and so I start one, two, three, I'm, I'm like through five, and I'm like pumping them out, I'm feeling good about myself, I'm kind of like licking, looking over, kissing my, my biceps and stuff as it's coming up, I mean, I just feel good about myself, and I'm like five, six, seven, I pump out nine, and on that last one, I'm like, Jesus, you got to take the wheel here, got to take the wheel, because I don't have a spotter, I'm one of those guys, I, I just want to look cool, you know, and so I get down, boom, right back on my chest. And I'm like, snap, I hope Shayla is not looking right now. And so I'm kind of stuck there. You know, you don't know what to do when you got a stuck on your chest. It's not like you can jiggle the weight off because I got caps on the end. I was stupid to do that. Not only that, but it make a lot of noise and everybody looks. So I'm like, God, please help me out. And I came up with this idea. I'm just going to roll it down my body to get it off of me. And so I start rolling it down. I'm checking out, making sure nobody's looking. About the time I get it to my knees, Shayla looks over and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, sweetheart, this is a new exercise. You know, you don't, you don't do this. Yeah. So uh, anyways, the bottom line is no matter how strong you are, no matter how much physical strength you have, if you're taking notes, your strength is limited. Your strength is just limited. And uh, eventually you run out. And if, if many of you guys were honest, you'd say, you know what? That's where I am today, man. I've been, I've been pushing. I've been lifting. I've been trying to carry all of this stuff. And, man, I'm just flat worn out. Because, man, at some point there's some measure where we just give out, where it, our strength just ends. And we feel that pressure and we explode in anger. And we, we have all those things because we've reached the limit of pressure that we can take, and we, we've li- reached that limit of strength that we have. And before long, man, we're, we're crying out and we're saying, man, if I just worked harder, if I just did this better, if I was just a better husband, if I was just a better spouse, if I just spent more time in the office, if I was spending more time with our kids. But we do not have enough strength to do all of that stuff because you're not created by God to be able to do all that because our strength is limited. But here's the cool thing. God's strength is completely unlimited. God's strength is completely under, unlimited, and that's why God wants us to depend, not on our own limited strength, but he wants us to really live this life empowered by his unlimited strength, by what he has, by what he wants to do in our lives. And we just got to recognize that. When I was about 11 years old, my stepdad owned a, a big construction company, and uh, and he gave me a job at 11 years old. I know that that was highly illegal, but he wanted to teach me. 
he wanted to teach me work ethic. And so what he would do is um, he would build high-end custom homes on the waterfront. And so what he would do is after they would get a lot cleared, they would drop me off at the job site when it was staked out for where the footers would go. And he would leave me a, sh a shovel and a cooler and say, dig the footers. And uh, he would drop me off at 7 in the morning and pick me up at 5 in the afternoon. And uh, all day long, I would just dig footers. It was a great, great learning experience. In fact, I think he did it really because he was cheap, and I was like really, really cheap labor, and it was a way to get rid of me during the day, but I mean, it was cool. And, um, and so I would sit there, and I would shovel all day long. It was like the worst job ever. And as I got older, when I was about 15, he started to do something a little bit different. And I remember the first time he dropped me off on a job site, and the, the pad was not cleared. There were still trees, and there were still bushes on it. And, and he dropped me off again with a shovel and a cooler and some lunch and said, hey, I want you to clear this site. And uh, I remember that day getting out my shovel and starting on this palm tree that was there. And I was like, I got to get this palm tree dug up. And I spent the next six hours digging up this palm tree. And at the end of that six hours, I was getting it to rock. I mean, that's as far as I'd gone. And I looked around on that job site, and there were trees everywhere. I was like, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. And uh, right about that time, a guy, one of his workers drove up and said, hey, what are you doing? And it was actually my cousin. And I was like, man, George dropped me off here and said I had to dig up all these trees. He's like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. He's like, let me go home real quick, and I've got a bobcat. And we'll just clear this thing out really fast. And I was like, that's cool, because if you don't know what a bobcat is, it's like a four-wheel drive, like tractor thing with some forks on it. And you can just run junk over with it, and it's really cool. And so I've spent all day digging up one tree. He pulls up an hour later with his bobcat. We clear half the lot in three hours, because he just rolls up. We put some straps on it, and he just rips trees out of the ground. And in that moment, I realized that there was something that we all need to recognize, and that is this, that our strength is limited, but God has like bobcat strength, and his strength is unlimited. He can get junk done in three hours. It would take us till today. I would still be out there today, praise the Lord, if he did not come and do that, because I'd still be clearing that lot, because there were so many trees there, and I just stunk at digging. God wants to do some amazing things. And, but so many times we have this limited strength that we're relying on where he's saying, hey, take a look at my unlimited strength because my strength is more than enough. Take a look at this verse in Isaiah. It's out of the Old Testament. He said, even use. He said, even use. Let's stop right there because what he's talking about, this is actually the Hebrew word for Greek uh, Olympic athletes. And he's saying, hey, these Greek Olympic athletes who are in the very best shape on earth. I mean, these are the, the best of the best athletes. I mean, they have more stamina. They have more strength than anybody. He says this. He says, even they grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. He says, man, the best of the best, the supreme, the best athletes that are out there, they get tired, and they get wearied, and they have limited strength. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. It says they will soar on the what? Okay, let's try this again. They will soar on what? Wings like eagles? I don't know about you guys, but most of us are not living a life where we're soaring on the wings of eagles. We're looking more like a hummingbird. You know, where we're like, whoop, right over here to this spot. Got to get this done. Whoop, right over here, got to do this. Whoop, I got to work this. Whoop, I got to take this test. And we're just going back and forth, and we're wearing ourselves out. Because we think, man, this is all in my strength. They're flapping, we're flapping our wings as hard as we can to get here, to there, to do this, to do that, to take this, to accomplish that. And we are just running around like, ramp, like crazy. But it, it, the Bible says we will soar on wings like eagles. You know what that means? That, that there is very little effort that goes when we trust in God. 
It says we'll soar. You know what we're going to soar on? We're going to soar on the power of his Holy Spirit working in our lives. But so many of us, we're like, man, i got to be strong. i got to be strong. You know, God's strength is made perfect, right? God's strength is made perfect when I'm strong. And that's the lie. That's the lie that a lot of us believe and buy into is that God's strength is made perfect when I'm strong. But that's exactly the opposite because we think, man, I gotta be better if I cared more, if I was doing this, if I was doing that, if I was more faithful, then, then everything would work out. But that's the father of lies telling us this lie that, man, I've got to be strong. And if you're taking notes, here's the truth. Man, we have to be weak. We have to be weak. We have to be broken. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be dependent. We've got to recognize that when we're weak, God is strong. I love what the Apostle Paul learned in this lesson in Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. And the context of the story is, is Paul is, is there and, he, and he's going to God and he's got this thing. We don't ever really know what it is, but it's just called a thorn in his side. It was this issue. It was this problem. It was this thing that was hung over, over and over and over again in his life. And Paul would go to God and say, God, can you take this thing from me? And he would go to God again and he'd say, God, can you take care of this for me? God, would you, would you take care of this thing for me? And over and over and over again, he begged God. And in desperation, God spoke to Paul. And this is what he said. And I think this is so strong for us. And, and it says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in my weakness. And what we got to recognize is I have to be weak, man. He went on to say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. I love that phrase, I delight in weaknesses. Why don't you guys go ahead and circle that? And the word delight there in that phrase comes from the Greek word, saloketers. And it means, if you're taking notes, to think well of. It means to delight in. It means to embrace. And what Paul is saying there is, man, man, we've got to think well of our weaknesses. Man, we've got to delight in our weaknesses. We've got to embrace our weaknesses in life. And here's the question that I have for you guys today. What weaknesses do you need to embrace? What weaknesses today do you need to embrace where you're thinking, man, I've got to be strong in this area. And God is saying, you know what? You're weak there. You need to embrace that. You need to allow God to do something there. What is that area? Think about it. Write it down. Put it in your notes. Because honestly, I mean, my style here, if, if you've been around here for any period of time, is, is, man, I'm pretty open and I'm pretty honest with you guys. I, I'll tell you just how it is in my life. And uh, a lot of times that gets me in trouble because, uh, you know, people recognize that I'm just a jacked up guy and uh, I'm screwed up, messed up, and, and I know it. And, I, and I've learned to, to be okay with it, but... Man, it's risky to, to put that stuff out there. And, and man, all the time, I have to embrace the weakness that I, man, I just can't get it all done. I can't get it all done. I mean, maybe you guys can relate. You know how hard it is to have a really good and healthy marriage that you're continuously working on every single day and, and then to, to run an organization and to deal with staffing issues and, and to deal with other problems, then to go and counsel other people and try to give them hope in their situation. Then at the same point, come up with a, an amazing message that every week is gonna inspire people to go and live a life that's, that's greater than they've ever lived without ever telling a story or saying something you've ever said before. I mean, it's just a little bit of pressure. And, and so every day I walk around and my face, literally hurts. It hurts bad. I, I suffer from migraines. I suffer from all those things because so many times I take it on myself and I think, man, I can do this. Man, I struggle with my schedule. I struggle 
uh, with, with guilt because I didn't do enough or I don't feel like I, I did a, all this stuff. I, I feel like I should be a better husband. I feel like, man, I should spend more time with people and that if I just had some more time with them, I could have helped them a little bit more. And, and I'm trying to manage all that stuff. And so many times I buy into the lie that, man, I'm just not good enough. And, and man, in, in my strength, I'm not. I'm not. I'm never good enough. And, and instead, I just risk it all the time. Because if I was really good, if I really cared, if I had it all together, if I was the most inspiring speaker in the world, if I knew how to tell people the answer to every single issue that they have and so they could experience that, man, then, then man, everything would be great. But that's not me. That's not me. I, I know I'm just this jacked up guy. I don't have it going on. I don't have it all together. I don't understand it all. But the truth is, is when I embrace my weaknesses, when I recognize that, when I come up here and say, God, man, I'm weak. When I'm standing behind there every week, I'm like, God, I don't have a clue what these people need to hear. God, I need you to show up and speak through me. You know what happens? God shows up because he recognizes that he can work through somebody that, that says, you know what? I don't have to be strong. I can, I can go in my weaknesses and I can see that God will do more through that than he would do through anything else. And I want to tell you here today, you don't have the strength to pull it off. Whatever you're going through right now where you feel like you have to be strong, you don't have the strength to pull it off. And you're trying to pull it off right now and it's just not happening. You don't have the strength for your schedule. You just don't. You don't. Some of you are trying to hold your marriage together and you can't do it. Some of you guys are out there are trying to, to make sure that uh, financially, man, that you're taking care of everything. And you know what? It's just not possible. You just don't have the strength to get it all done. Some of you guys are trying to get, bring your kids back, and let me just tell you something. You can't change people. And you've got to embrace your weaknesses, and you've got to go to God and say, you know what, God, I'm weak here, and that's where God all of a sudden becomes strong. That's where all of a sudden he starts to rise up in your life and, say, and does something amazing. And I, and I love what he does. It's in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I just kind of want to break this verse down because I want you to see this verse like you've never seen it before. Because I believe it's going to speak to a lot of us here today that are hungover from things of the past that we think, man, I've got to be strong in this area. I've just got to forget that that ever happened. And I've got to act like I've got it all together. And that is just not the case. And you're worn out and you're, broken, you're breaking down and you don't know how to experience freedom because you're trying to hold it all up yourself because you feel like you got to be strong. And the first word that I want you guys to take a look at is, is this word charis. Everybody say charis. Okay, that wasn't everybody. Let's try one more time. Everybody say charis. All right. That word is translated as grace. And it literally means, it means unmerited favor. It means a divine influence upon a heart. And it's this thing that's from God. It's not from us. And it, this, this grace, this charis, is the divine influence. The next word is sufficient. It comes from the word akeo. And it means eliminating a barrier. It means sufficient or exactly enough. And God is saying, man, I am exactly enough for your situation. I'm exactly enough for where you're at in life. The next word is dunamis. And I love this word. Everybody say dunamis. One more time. Say dunamis. And this is where we get our word dynamite from. Everybody say, dynamite. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it means explosive, miraculous power. The next word is teleteste. And it's the same root word that Jesus used on the cross when he said, it is finished. And, when he's, and it means completely fulfilled. And the last word that's translated as weakness is asthenio. 
And it means disease, infirmity, or brokenness. And what Paul said is, is my charises are my archaeo, for you are my dunamis is made teleteste, nesthenio. The very, little, very literal translation of this verse, if it was translated in the new TJ version, would be something like this. It would be God's divine influence is exactly enough to meet your every need for his explosive, miraculous power is made completely perfect in you when you are broken before him. God's divine influence is exactly enough to meet your every need for his explosive, miraculous power is made completely perfect in you when you are broken before him. Your spiritual enemy would love for you to believe the lie that you can be stronger that you can work it out, that you can pull it off, that you can do everything, that in your strength, that you are more than enough. But I have to be weak, and so do you. We've got to embrace the fact that it's not by our might, nor by our power. It's not by anything that we can do, but it's only by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, that we can embrace our weaknesses and find strength and the one who is stronger than all and everything that you're going through today, and that's Jesus Christ. There's a lot of you out there today, you have way too much on your plate. You have way more than you can handle. And you're trying to juggle all the balls and you're trying to keep it, all the plates spinning. And your strength is limited. today you need to embrace your weaknesses. Embrace those areas where you've said to yourself, man, I've got to be strong here. And allow the strength of God to empower you through your weaknesses because when you are weak, He is strong. He's just sitting there waiting for you to make Him be your strength. He's saying, here, here I am with arms open wide. Man, I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I, I can raise people from the dead. I can heal people, man. I can, I can, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. No matter what circumstances you're facing right now, you can't do it, but I can. And instead of continuing to run with all of that stuff and continue the cycle of asking yourself, what happened here? What happened? Why didn't this work? because you're trying to be in control. Let's embrace the strength that God has given us. That's His Son, Jesus Christ, who is stronger, is greater. At the sound of His name, man, every enemy will flee. Every stronghold that's in your life will be broken because He is strong. God, I just come before you and I just pray that we can be weak together. God, I just pray that in the next few moments that we would just be weak together, God, that we'd be broken before you, that we would recognize that, man, we can try to carry all these burdens on our own. We can try to be strong enough. We can try to be good enough. We can try to be more than enough. But all of our efforts are futile. All of our efforts end up lacking 
at the end of the day and we wonder why they fail. But today, God, we recognize that when we are weak, you are strong. Maybe there's some of you guys that are out there today that you would say, you know what, TJ? I've just got way too much on my plate. I've just got way too much. I've been trying to handle this all on my own. I've been trying to carry it all on my own, and I just can't. And not only can I not do it, I'm just worn out and tired. I'm tired of trying to be strong, and I need to release those things and say, you know what, God? I'm ready to be weak. I'm ready to let your power flow through me so that I can be strong, not in my own strength, but in your strength. I can stop trying to to be this Olympic athlete, and I can just soar on your spirit with your strength in your hands and in your arms. And if that's you out there today, I would just ask with every head bowed and every eye closed that you just slip your hand up real quick. I just want to pray with you. Yes, yes, yes. People all over the place. All over the place. God, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for every single need that we have. Your grace is sufficient, man, and you've given us this explosive power that can transform our lives in your Holy Spirit. And right now, I just pray that as people are saying, man, that's what I need. I'm tired of carrying these things. God, that you would release them from those burdens right now. God, that they would find the freedom and they would find the strength in your son, Jesus Christ, and he would do a miraculous, explosive work within their lives. And they would recognize that, man, they cannot do it anymore, but you have taken that thing on and they need to let loose and let go and allow your spirit to move in their life, God, and that they would experience the more than enough, God, that they wouldn't carry those burdens around, but God, that they would be free. I thank you that your truth sets people free and that as they've heard the truth and they've embraced the truth and they believe the truth, that it's bringing freedom to their lives right now in the name of Jesus. God, and there's some other people that I know that if they would have asked me growing up, you know, how do I know God? They would have said, you know, or I would have said, you know, I think it's by trying to do as good as you can and make sure you're, you're following all the rules and obeying all those things. And if, if you do all that stuff and you, you work really, really, really hard, then maybe, just maybe you'll get to heaven. But I want to tell you today, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that you can do anything to earn salvation. It's a free gift that we just have to embrace. You can't earn a trip to heaven, but you can embrace one. And there's some of you guys that are out there today, you've been trying to earn your relationship with God, and God is not interested in the words and the deeds that you're doing. He's interested in the state of your heart, and he's saying, you know what, today is a day that you need to stop playing and start believing. It's not about what you can do, it's about knowing me. And today, some of you guys, instead of just understanding about God, you need to know God. And and what the Bible says that if we confess with our lips and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we shall be saved. And some of us today, man, we need to take that step and we need to stop trying to earn our way to heaven. We need to just embrace and believe that Jesus died on the cross so that we can have the hope of heaven. And you need to experience that here today. And if that's you, man, I would just ask that you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, that you would just raise your hand and say, you know what, I want want that freedom today. I want that experience today. Anybody that's out there, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. God, we just come before you. God, and we understand that, man, we've been working really hard to try to find you. And all we found is rules and religion and 
and all this junk. And that's not what you're after. Man, you're after a relationship with us. You, you could care less about church membership. You could care less about deeds that we've done. What you care about is the state of our heart. And today, we accept you as our Lord and Savior. God, I repent of the areas that I've messed up in. Man, I, I just give those to you and say, I'm sorry. And today, I recognize you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross so that I can have life and I can have it abundantly. And I just thank you that today I'm, I'm free from trying to do it all myself. And today I'm going to experience the grace of you, God, and the abundance of you and the sufficiency of you. Thank you for loving me unconditionally right where I am. No strings attached. God, we embrace you and we love you today. In Jesus' name.